it's Liz from Grow Your Mindset and I'm here with our next Mindset and You interview. Again, lucky to be coming at this from a business angle uh, rather than our normal educational focus. A few weeks ago we interviewed Nick Ashcroft from the Cooperative Bank and we're very lucky today to have the Head of Customer Services, Sally McAvoy, who is going to um, talk to us about her experiences in developing growth mindset across her business. So, welcome Sally. Um, can you introduce yourself and outline your current role for us? Yes, okay. So my name's Sally McAvoy, as Liz said. Um, I work for the Cooperative Bank and I have done for about six years now. Previously I worked for the Royal Bank of Scotland. So I've been in the financial industry now for 32 years. I know I don't look old enough, but that's the truth. <laughs> um, my current role, I'm responsible for the support and nurture of around 650 colleagues working in different uh, aspects in the organisation, from telephony work through to operational work. Um, and one of the great pleasures I've got is actually owning a lot of our customer end-to-end -end journeys so that I've got a real responsibility to improve those and spot our colleagues, spot our customers throughout those journeys. Brilliant. So from the days when you worked in the branches, which were many years ago, I remember when in, you were in the NatWest, um, what made you, pardon? Don't rub it in. <laughs> what made you want to work within cust the customer services sector itself? So when I started in the branches, that was, that was probably your way into the organisation. And I really enjoyed the branch work. But um, with all large organisations, they go through rationalisation and we went through a centralisation uh, process where all of the functions in the branches were taken into central offices and made it more efficient, more economical and meant that you could give a far more consistent service to customers. Um, and at that point, when, when the bank decided to do that, I decided that I would like to go and give it a go in working in a central office rather than a branch. I felt that my opportunities in, in the organisation were curtailed by working in a branch network and thought a central office might give me more opportunities. Um, so I chose to move and when I moved, effectively I started at the bottom of the rung again, even though I've been back in the, in the bank for about 10 years, mm. um, started in a whole new department. Um, but it was the best move that I ever made and that was a very conscious move um, you know, that I undertook for my own career. Yeah, brilliant. So it was that, that understanding in terms of your own development that I'm going to have to take a back step to move forward again, rather than that straight yeah. direct line. Oh, I think in the branch network there was a very structured progression path and when you got to lending you were sort of getting to the top end of that progression path. When I moved into a central office which was still lending, whilst yeah. I was in there I was starting on the junior level of lending so whilst if I'd done that work in the branch I'd probably have been quite senior um, yeah. having moved into just a lending department then you start off at a junior level so yeah, it, yeah. A, a sideways move but then a new direction to take. Right, brilliant. So what makes you so passionate about your work, Sally? What is it? Um, oh. Every day is unique. I, I've, I've grown relationships, friendships, um, I have fun, um, I'm able to influence and inspire people. Um, it just gives me so much 
opportunity to um, try new things, express new things. Um, and like I said, every day is unique and I can support people every single day. And I think it's that supporting people, be it colleagues or customers, that really gives me a buzz. Um, yeah, it's just inspirational what you can do um, to help people and help the company deliver the, what the company needs to deliver. Yeah, so you mentioned there that every day is unique and almost like a journey every day. And we always say, myself and Gemma, that developing a growth mindset is a journey. So why were you so keen to weave a growth mindset ethos within the core values of the business that you lead? Why was that something that you thought this would be really beneficial? Because I think in, um, in industry, in organisations, you tend to get an awful lot of repeat ideas that come round on a, a regular basis. And when you've been in those organisations, you become quite um, attuned to the fact that these ideas come and go and then keep coming back round on a circular basis. And I could see that we were moving into a new era, but that new era would include a lot of things that we'd done in the past. Mm. And I really wanted the colleagues and the leaders to embrace it in a new way and not just go back to the old way of thinking on how we used to do things. Um, because the danger when you do that is everybody goes into an unconscious state and that doesn't necessarily deliver that new, that new thing you want to get from the old approach. So um, that really was the catalyst to wanting to look at how do we uh, through our leaders, inspire our colleagues to really want to make the most of what's of something that might look like an old idea, but we needed a fresh approach and, and fresh results from it. You know what, that's really quite reflective in terms of education as well, because when you think of the, my experiences as a teacher, you see things come and go, and you do end up with that attitude of, oh, it's the same thing coming round again, we'll deal with it in the same way as we always have, and it falls flat. So your approach in terms of let's make people more aware of their mindset because it's that that they need to think about to develop that change that we want. Yeah, I mean, me, one of my favourite phrases, my guys will tell you, I've got lots of phrases. Um, but one of my favourite phrases is, um, you always do what you've always done. You're always going to get what you've always got. And one of my past um, mentors told me that. And, it, and it's so true. You've got mm -hmm. to change how you do things in order to get better results and different mm -hmm. results. Um, mm -hmm. And people inherently um, are lazy. I'm extremely lazy. Um, you'll verify that. And I think if you think you know how to do something without having to think any differently, then you will. Mm -hmm. So um, I say to my leaders every day, really, you should go home exhausted every day, not because of physical exertion, but the amount of thought you'll have had to put in in every scenario in order to get the best results for each individual colleague and for each individual customer. Yeah, that's one of those questions, isn't it? Every day, what made me really think hard today? You know, yeah. that sort of like growing your brain, flexible thinking, all that sort of thing. So since developing a growth mindset then, um, you, your journey started with myself and Gemma back in October 2018. Um, so since starting the journey with your CSLs and your team leaders, have you seen a difference in terms of their personal development? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've come on leaps and bounds in that year. I mean, we've been very lucky in that we started with a strategy in 2018 that 
really um, molded and, and developed with the way that the bank was going. So we started off with something quite unique for the department. Um, but I do feel that it, it really complements the way that the organisation was going. And that was, if I'm honest, that was more luck than judgment because um, it, it was just the way that I, I felt we passionately needed to do things. And I think that because we've had that level of consistency, people know it's not going away. So mm -hmm. they are embracing things. You've done an awful lot of work with them. You hear the phraseology coming out all the time and in an unconscious way now, rather than having to consciously think about it. Um, and it's really fit with um, the way that the organisation has gone in focusing a lot on how we do things as opposed to just what we've achieved. And um, I think all of those things together have complemented it and really uh, allowed us to see people grow. The amount of leaders that moved on from my business last year that I genuinely believe did so because they've given, an, they've given themselves a new opportunity to step back and reflect Mm. on themselves and where they wanted to go and I'm quite proud of that it might mean that we've had to develop new talent to come in and undertake leadership roles but it's really meant that those leaders have embraced their own future development and yeah. not just back and, and become blockers for other people they've they've needed to go and stretch themselves and go and do other things and I'm really quite proud of it. sometimes you can get bogged down in the same role and um not really stretch yourself or challenge yourself to do something else because you think it's your comfort zone but yeah. actually in operational management you have to keep it fresh all the time you can't keep doing the same things um otherwise everybody's impacted not just yourself but your colleagues and your, your customers as well so um yeah it's been a real uh, eye-opener for me and, and i know you've already interviewed nick but not just nick all of my csls have really embraced it um and the leaders so you know I'm really proud of the journey we've been on and even though some of those leaders have gone on to new pastures which leaves a gap for you to have to fill that in itself has become an opportunity for you to even further develop your department I guess yeah absolutely you, you like I said you really do need to um, keep a movement of staff that colleagues within your department so you can keep it fresh and bring fresh and young new ideas and, and exciting ideas into the business um, mm. I, 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 there's nothing I love more than creativity and people bringing new ideas in and like I said sometimes when you've done the same job for a while you stop to think about what it is that you can do differently and I get as much energy from those guys as I do from any other part of my, uh, my role it's really important, interesting that because the next question is linked to being a growth mindset leader and talking to your CSLs and colleagues, they always say that Sally is such a growth mindset leader and we look at different styles of leadership and you've just said there that you love people's creativity, you love people bringing things to you that, to develop the business, um, which is a, a major part of being growth mindset leader. But what does that mean to you when you hear it from other people? What, what is it about you that you think has that um, perception of you as a growth mindset leader? Anybody who's ever been worked with me from growing up through school, through guides, through work, everybody says I wear my heart mislead and I absolutely do. So what can be my absolute strength is also my weakness and, and I've been very aware of that from the very early days um, 
And I think, so feedback is difficult because I naturally immediately react to the feedback that I'm being given. I can't help it. It's a, it's an involuntary reaction. It's like somebody um, hiccuping or blinking. It's just mm. involuntary. But what I've learned to do over the years is try and um, get ahead of the feedback so I know about it before somebody gives it me. And so I do do a lot of reflection and I think I'm quite empathetic. So I, I'm, I can spot it when people are about to tell me something. So I try to learn that way. But I think um, what I do do, I think without exception, is I, listen to, I do listen to the feedback. And in very quick succession, I do something about it. And that can have its positives and its minuses because sometimes, you know, an old mentor told me feedback is a gift and it absolutely is. But if you try and react to every piece of feedback that you get, sometimes you can lose the essence of who you are because mm. feedback is just that, you know, just because one person doesn't like what you're doing doesn't mean to say that what you're doing is wrong. So, you know, I've been through stages in my career when, I've absolutely embraced every piece of feedback and then just lock, lost complete direction. So you have to be true to yourself and you have to reflect yeah. on it and think, yeah, well, I get the feedback, but actually this is why I do it and that's why I'm going to continue to do it. Or I get the feedback and I'm going to go and do something about that. So both of those are really uh, important styles of being able to deal with feedback. Um, positive feedback, I just, I, I'm not very good at getting at all. So it's like, all right, thanks a lot. And then just tumble off. It's, and it's lovely to get and it does it does make you feel wonderful. Um, but I'm not very good at receiving it. <laughs> but that is that to, in terms of being a leader, it's the role modeling, isn't it? So it's that it's nurturing your colleagues, allowing them to grow. There's no hierarchy in terms of order of pecking order. I mean, when we, me and Gemma come to the centres, you are one of the guys and you, you know, you say hello to everybody, no matter who they are, where their level is within the company, you interact with everybody. And there aren't many businesses where leaders do that. You could have leaders that don't even know who their staff are in some places. Yeah. And, and, and it's really important to me. I remember... Um, I've been really fortunate working both for RBS and the co-op in, in the investment they've put into leadership over the years. So, you know, um, you do get exposed to different training styles, coaching styles. But I remember um, talking about Clive Woodward once and one of his uh, whole mantras when they won the World Cup was about every single person in his organisation making a difference from the you know the guy who did the kits all the way through to the players on the pitch and and for me it's just about being a human being and mm -hmm. and that you know every single person plays a significant role um in the organization it's really prevalent now with covid you know the, the amount of reliance we have now on our our facilities staff and our um guards you know everybody from from those colleagues all the way through to those colleagues who are dealing with some really challenging customer experiences they all matter because they're all there to help us stay safe mm. uh, and protect each other um, and it's just really important to me um, we're human beings first and last before mm. we're ever leaders and colleagues and 
telephony operators, you know, we're human beings and, and I think it's about just respecting each other. Fantastic. Well, that, that leads really to the future. I mean, when you think about where you are now and the journey that um, we've, been, we've had the pleasure of being on with you, what do you envisage being the next steps to maintain that rhythm that we talk about, the pulse and that sustainability across the areas that you lead? So what, what would you like, where would you like this to go and, and what, what do you... So I think the next step is the colleagues. So um, we focus so significantly on the leaders and it's the right thing to do because we need to get our leaders to think differently, as I said before. Now we need to make it a sustainable um, structure within our teams that um, our colleagues buy into it as well. So we're setting up um, mindset mentors um, with your support and I know Nick is, is leading on it now and I'm really keen and passionate to see how that journey develops. Um, and if I'm honest, I'm really leaving it to them to come up with their strategies and how they want to do it, but they'll get my full support. And clearly if um, I've got my own thoughts, I'll let them know. <laughs> It's my one, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're a very open um, organisation in terms of feedback, so um, I think all ideas can be improved on, and I'm sure they've got some great ideas coming forward to sort of land it with our colleagues. Clearly, everything is difficult at the moment with the present situation, our normal coaching and training and, and teaching yeah. techniques of have gone out the window um, with social distancing and, and remembering our colleagues who are having to isolate as well. So we, we need to think differently, but thinking differently isn't bad. And actually there's a lot of creativity comes out of being forced to think in a different way. And there's a lot of things we've done over the last 12 weeks, I know will become our new rhythm and ways of working. So yeah, it's up to the guys, but I think our colleagues and supporting them, and I'm hoping it really helps them with their own mental health well-being as much as anything else and yeah. like I say if they're enjoying coming into work because they're self-reflecting and being able to put everything into perspective then um we, there's, we can all benefit from that yeah definitely so how many colleagues then would you envisage joining us on the journey over the next 12 months would you say how many have you got so um as i said before i've got around 650 colleagues in all of my departments and, and the law be given the opportunity. Yeah. Um, the, the, the challenge you've got is when you get you get a bit of a, um, a wave of movement on things, sometimes colleagues have no choice but to join the journey because everybody else is on it. So you've, You also mentioned about your apprenticeship scheme and how to weave it into that as well. So it's not just the, the colleagues that you've got at the minute, it's those coming to you as well. Who was yeah. that? Something's just blown over in the garden. Oh, right. <laughs> I think it's probably the cat. Anyway, um, yeah, so I think um, one of the things I'm keen to do, both with the apprenticeships and with the training, is actually weave um, the thought process and how we uh, approach all of our coaching activities with growth mindset, language and techniques. So, I'm very lucky that I have an academy who bring all our new recruits through. So I want them to be hearing the language and experiencing it from the start. Mm. Likewise, we upskill our colleagues on new processes all the time and I want it to be woven through that. And that will naturally fall into the apprenticeship activities. So yeah, for me, it's about 
it's the little things that you do, the interactions that you have where it needs to be apparent um, and not forgotten. You're doing the little things, then it'll take the big things will take over because it'll naturally weave into those. But it's the small things. Yeah. It's the five minute coaching session. It's the 15 minute huddle. Yeah. It's the, um, you know, the return to work discussion after somebody's been poorly. All of those mm. moments of interaction, those opportunities to support your, your colleagues are the important things that it needs to be woven through. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And what I'm really pleased at, we've not had any ambulances or chainsaws or any dogs barking whilst you're sat in your garden. <laughs> and it's not rained and it's not rained it's been brilliant so enjoy the rest of your day i'm sure you will and uh yeah keep leading with a growth mindset fantastic i'll see do you. thank you see you soon Bye.